to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 1. Why don't we go ahead and turn. Let's go ahead and turn to the book of Revelation. Chapter 1, verse 1. This is an exciting book to go into, isn't it? I'll tell you, it's probably the most mysterious, the most controversial uh, book in the Bible. I believe it's the most neglected book in the Bible. Did you know there, there are churches that don't even read the book of Revelation? They, they feel it's forbidden. They say that you shouldn't go with it. It's, it's, it's uh, sealed up. You're not supposed to open it. You're not supposed to look at it. I remember the last time that we, we taught uh, the book of Revelation, we were in the women's club, and after I taught, we had a, a visitor, an elderly gentleman, and he came up to me, and he says, son, he says, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for like 40 or 50 years. I forgot what it was, but he's just an old, old man. He says, I've been walking with the Lord for 40 or 50 years, and he says, you know, I need to tell you something. You're not supposed to read the book of Revelation. <laughs> He says, I believe it says somewhere in there that it's locked up and you're not supposed to open it. And I says, well, sir, you know, with all due respect, why does it say, and I, I brought him to the, you know, verse three, why does it say, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the, this prophecy and those that keep the things that are written in this book or, you know, that's written here in it. And I says, how can we, you know, how can we keep it or apply it if we don't understand it? So when it says we're supposed to read it, and he goes, ah, no, and he just walked away. He wouldn't, he wouldn't take instruction. <laughs> no, we're supposed to understand this book. We're supposed to read this book. And there's a blessing attached to this book. The author of the book is the Apostle John. Here's the unveiling. The title of our message, though, this morning is The Unveiling. The author is the Apostle John. Most of you know this. It's believed that uh, he wrote it around 95 AD, right around that time. It's believed that he was in his 90s when he wrote this book. And uh, he was exiled. If, if you know the story, he was exiled to an island called Patmos, as we're going to look at. It's in chapter 1. We'll get to that probably next week. Um, but there was heavy persecution going on. Uh, in the time of John when he was in his 90s. And history tells us, this isn't in the Bible, but church history tells us that uh, because he was such a strong witness for Jesus Christ, because he uh, shared the word in, of uh, Jesus Christ, they tried to kill him. The Roman government tried to kill him. And as you know the story, they put him in a vat of boiling oil to try to kill him. But guess what? He didn't die. So because he didn't die, they banished him to this island. And this is Patmos. This is a, a, a modern picture of Patmos. I don't think they had telephone poles back then. So I, I was trying to maybe scrub that out, but it was going to take too long. But uh, he was banished to this island, and that's where he wrote and he, this wonderful book, and he had these visions. I like to say with this, John the Apostle took risks. He was told not to speak in the name of Jesus. He was, you know, they tried to stop him from teaching the word of God, but he took risks. He risked his very life to share the good news of the gospel. And I, I want to, you know, say, I think it's very important as believers that we take risks. That we, you know, for the gospel's sake, for the word of God, that we, we step out and we, we take those risks. I, I believe that, you know, it's important for us. 
but that we, we take the risks that uh, God would have us to take because it paid off for John. John was exiled. John was banished. He was brought to this island. And because he took risks, he was able to get insight to the future because he took risks. Now, again, I want to encourage you. You know, God might ask you to step out of your comfort zone. And I just, you know, as I was praying over this text and as I was praying about this, and, you know, this is one thing that truly stood out to me, that, that sometimes as Christians we, we like to stay in our comfort zone. And I know this is still the introduction, but I believe the Lord's saying to somebody here and probably a few people here today that get out of your comfort zone and take risks for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go beyond yourself. And I, and I think of this, this building here. As most of you know, this story, it was zoned in the city in bold letters, no religious assemblies. And, and uh, people told me, I had a, a, actually a strong Christian brother who's a developer, and he does this kind of stuff. He said, Joe, you will not go into that building. We'll, we'll find you something else. You will not. He says, I know the laws. I know this. And he says, you know, don't even go there. But I felt the Lord says, we're going to be in this building. And the city was saying, you know, basically, no, you know, no religious assemblies. You can't be there. We actually, we went ahead. We hired a, a, an engineer. We, we did the plans. We, we spent over $100,000 before we even had approval. Before we even had approval, we were, and then people, some people are saying, Joe, I think you're crazy. <laughs> I says, yeah, maybe I am, but I believe the Lord wants us in this place. And I look at that, I look at the, you know, look around and say, you know, look at what happens when you're hearing from the Lord and you take risks. You don't listen to man, but you listen to the voice of God. Paul, or excuse me, the apostle John heard the voice of God. He took risks. The importance of that. It was funny when I was at the missions conference. We had such a great time out there. One of the pastors, he shared how uh, his band were on a missions trip, you know, and they went out on the mission field somewhere in Eastern Europe. I don't remember where it was, but they, they, had, they found this restaurant. And in this restaurant, I guess you go early and you pick out a chicken that you want to eat for dinner, a live chicken. So you get, to, you get to go and say, oh, I want this one, you know. So they were like, oh, they're young guys, you know, and they're just, you know, they're in a band and stuff, and they're all excited. You know, we got to pick out our chicken. We're going to go back and eat our chicken. Well, the concert that they were going to do, there was problems, and things were going on. It was going south, and they were all worried about, oh, no, is this even going to work and stuff. And the leader of the, the team just says, you know what? You know, let's go just have a great time eating chicken, and if this other thing doesn't work out, we'll just blame God. <laughs> In other words, you're saying, if God doesn't want that to succeed, oh, well, we're going to take a risk. God sent us out here, and I'm sure God blessed it. But, but the, the freedom of realizing, you know what? When God's leading you, it's his problem, how it's going to turn out. And sometimes things don't turn out exactly the way they, we think that they're going to turn out. But when God's leading in God, it's up to him. We can just say, you know, and it's kind of rude, you know, blame it on God, but basically just say, well, it, you know, this is God's deal. We just do our best, and this is God's deal. Amen? I'd like to point out that the, the theme of this book, obviously, the theme is Jesus Christ. But I believe even you know, more specific, Jesus Christ is the conquering king for all eternity. Jesus Christ is the conquering king for all eternity, forever. And I believe it's so important that as we look at this book, you know, the excitement that we have for this book, but to be excited because Jesus is on the throne. 
He's in control. And, it, and if we, we realize that, wait, this book is all about Jesus. He's a conquering king for all eternity. Well, we're more than conquerors. We have a bright future. Another thing I'd like to point out, if I can, is it just a, I, I want to do, you know, I typically don't do such an introduction on a book, but with this book, there's so much to, to talk about, you know, as we go through this. I'd like to point out that it's called the book of Revelation, not Revelations. That's not plural. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. You hear people, and I, I think I did this before, you know, I'm going to be in Revelations. And, and, you know, it plural, the revelations. But really, it's the revelation, singular. It's the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. I remember the first time I taught that, you know, I mentioned that, that it's, you know, not plural in this. And then after the service, a lady comes up to me and she says, yeah, Pastor, I'm so thankful you pointed that out, that it's not plural revelations. She says, but you told a story about Costco. And I said, yeah. She goes, you called it Costco's. <laughs> she goes, it's Costco. It's not Costco's. This is the only book, if you're taking note, sent and delivered by an angel. You'll find that in verse 1 and verse 20, or chapter 22, verse 16. It's sent and delivered by an angel, the only book. As a matter of fact, if you're a note taker, the word angel or angels appears in, in every chapter of this book, except chapter 4 and 13, the word angel. And it's used 71 times. Jesus, you know, we, we think of the book of Revelation and we, you know, we can think about, you know, yeah, we want to hear about the Antichrist and we want to hear about, you know, the end times. That's all great. But, but the, the reality is it's, this book is about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and he's conquering. And I, and I think it's so important that this reminds us as Christians that we're victorious. You know, we're, you know, I, I have some people I've talked to and they says, oh, you know, the book of Revelation, that's a scary book and I don't know and it's, it's kind of sad what's going to happen. No, we're, we're on the winning team. And this book promises us that we're on the winning team. We have a bright future. That, that Jesus Christ is on the throne and, and, you know, our future is bright and we should be excited about our future by reading this book. How about the, the Powerball lottery, the jackpot? When it, it was $1.6 billion. It was funny. My wife and I, we were at Ralph's Market, and we're standing in line, and we've seen this big line, and, and uh, Howard, I think he's, I saw him here today, he says, oh, that's for the Powerball. And I said, what do you, what do you that's for the lottery. There's you know, a line of people are lining up. And, and I heard on the news, though, they said that this, because the, the, uh, the, the jackpot was so high that it gave people hope. And I thought about that, and I thought, well, maybe it'll bring a temporal hope. Even if you win, you'll have a little temporal hope. But guess what? We have, as believers, an eternal hope that lasts forever. We have a book. It's called the Book of Revelation, where we can go into this book, and we can look at the end, and we see there's a new heaven, there's a new earth, there's no more tears, there's no more crying, there's no more suffering, there's no more torment, there's no more evil, there's no more flesh. We're going to rule and reign with our Lord and Savior for all eternity. We have a bright future. I, and I believe as Christians, we should be excited. We should live a life like we have a bright future. Amen? Amen. I mean, some Christians walk around, yeah, I'm a Christian. Man, the battles are so tough. I'm just going through it. And yeah, we go through it. We go through battles. And it is tough. But, but I believe it's so helpful when we look at the finish line and we realize that, that the one that went through it for us, he's conquering. He's ruling. 
He's reigning. He's on the throne. So from the top, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads to those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Revelation, can you look with me again? Verse 1. The word revelation, if you're a note taker, it means the unveiling, to reveal, or to uncover. This book, the reason I'm so excited about this book is no other book in the Bible reveals, uncovers, unveils Jesus Christ like this book. We actually get to see, it's like a curtain. It's like the Holy Spirit, kind of like I was thinking about our curtain here. It's open. The curtain's open to heaven. Just like all this stuff, you can't see it. And you won't see it until the curtains open. The Holy Spirit, as we read this book, is going to open up heaven to us like this. Heaven's going to be opened up, and we're going to see the Lord on the throne. We're going to see him ruling and reigning. But check it out. As the curtain conceals, what if this curtain was closed the whole time they did worship, the whole time that I did my study? It'd be kind of awkward, wouldn't it be? Heaven itself is going to be opened. It's going to be the curtain. The Holy Spirit is going to pull back this curtain. It says the revelation, the revealing of Jesus Christ. We're going to see Jesus Christ in this book like no other book. He'll be in his glorified state. When we read the gospel accounts, we see Jesus here in a human body, but we'll see him there ruling and reigning in heaven in his glorified state. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. When the curtain is open, we're going to see end-time events. It's like the curtain will be open to things that, you know, John the Apostle was actually brought into the future, to future events. It's, sometimes I, I would think, you know, oh, it's, it's okay, John is writing because, you know, he's getting these visions and, and it's a prophecy that it's going to happen in the future. But if you read it, it's actually, it's already taken place. It's got, like, God is outside of time. It's already taken place in his eyes and he's opening up. He's taking John. He says, come here, John, come up here. He brings him in and he shows him and he, he gets an actual vision, seeing things that happen into the future. This is beyond sci-fi stuff and it's real. He's brought into the future. So it's the unveiling. The future is going to be unveiled to us. And it's the real thing. The word swiftly or shortly, I want to explain that because, you know, when I read that shortly, you know, like I'm thinking, wow, that was like like almost 2,000 years, around 2,000 years ago, and it hasn't happened yet. But but the word shortly means swiftly, speedily, meaning, you know, once the thing, once it starts, it's going to go very quickly. The the events are going to go quickly. So once we see the beginning, it's going to go, and I believe, this is my belief, this is my eschatology, my my end times understanding. I believe the rapture of the church will be the first domino. It's like a domino effect. Do you ever play dominoes? Does anyone know how to play dominoes other than just set them up and let them fall? Does it, can you raise your hand? I have one for you. You guys know how to play dominoes? That's cool. I've never played domino. I've only just set them up and then That was my only capacity as a kid. Just, I could do this, you know, but playing, I, we never did play. But I believe that the first domino effect, I believe that's very possible. I'm not saying, I'm not dogmatic about this, but I believe that it's, it's most likely the rapture of the church. 
So all these end time events that we're going to read about, once the rapture takes place, I think it's going to start, and then very quickly, shortly, it's going to go, and these things, these events are going to go happen and happen and happen and happen and happen. They're just going to all take place, one after another after another. And it's going to happen quickly, and we're going to see it before our eyes. Look at verse 2 again. Verse 2, it says, Who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw, he bore witness. In other words, he was an eyewitness of those things. He saw these things. In other words, it's not something he's writing. He's like, oh, okay, I think this might happen. Oh, it's just, you know, let's throw this out there. No, this is the word of God. He's bearing witness to all of us. This, work, this book is telling us these things actually happen. These things actually will happen. And you can bank on it. He saw it with his own eyes. Verse 3, again, I love this part. Don't you love this verse right here, guys? Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written in it for the time is near. The only book in the Bible that promises a blessing when we read it, hear it, and apply it. When we keep it, that means applying it. When we read The word read is singular. It's in the singular form. So this means it's speaking of one person reading this book to themselves. Singular. Blessed. You will be blessed if you read this book by yourself. If you sit down and read the book of Revelation, there's a promised blessing in store for you by reading this book. This reminds me of our our quiet time with the Lord, taking time to read, taking time to study on your own. Hopefully you're not a person that just says, well, you know, I go to church and they read it to me and okay, so that I don't have to read the Bible to, to myself. No, you should have a daily reading of the word of God, daily spending time just studying the word, praying over the word, saying, Lord, speak to me through your word, the importance of that. I don't know about you, but I want to know my Lord and Savior better. And the more I read his word, the more I know about him. It it reveals more to me. And when you read the book of God, you're blessed. But when you read the book of Revelation, there's a special blessing attached to that. Billy Graham was asked if he could do it all over again. Would he do anything differently? And basically said, I would preach less and study the word and pray more. I would preach less and I would study the word and I would pray more. And he was realizing the the main thing is to have a relationship with God. And I think even in ministry, we can get so busy or we can get, and we we forget the main thing is the main thing is to have an intimate relationship with God, being in his word, being in prayer, hanging out with him, closeness with him, oneness with him. That's more important than anything you can do for him. And Billy Graham, one of the greatest preachers of our time, says, you know, if I could do it all over again, I'd probably even preach less. And I would hang out more in the Word. I would hang out more in prayer. I would have more personal time with my Lord. Then the word read, reading, it's a plural word, actually. It's in the plural form, and it speaks of many people hearing its Basically, I believe in the modern way it would be John would say, you know, blessed are you pastors that, that read it to your congregation. And that's what will happen. There's a blessing for the pastor, I believe, for, for reading the word of God. Then there's a blessing for the congregation as, as they're, they're hearing this word. 
Do you know we can hear something without hearing it? Do you know that? We can hear something without hearing. I, I do that probably way too often with my wife. She'll say, she'll be, and I'll say, what do you think? And I'll say, can you say that again? She goes, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? I said, well, I heard the first part. And she says, well, what was the first part? I says, well, remind me. <laughs> but we can hear something without really hearing it. We could be sitting here and be, you know, you could be doing your taxes right now, or you could be doing someone else's taxes. If you're staying, you're pretty, you know, you could be just, just drifting off and doing something else instead of really hearing the word of God, understanding it. It means that you're hearing it in a way that you're understanding it. You're not just listening to it, but you're, you're, you're spending the time to, to hear it, to understand. And I believe that's where the blessing comes when you're paying attention to it. But it also can be translated to read out loud. It can, you know, it's a, a reading out loud because you can't hear it unless it's read out loud. So in the, in the basic form, it can be translated, you know, if you're, if you're reading it out loud, there's a, there's a blessing in, in reading it out loud. And I was thinking through this this morning. I was thinking through, you know, for us to be able to, maybe the, as we study the word, as we read it, to, to find the, the verses that we can maybe read out loud to somebody else and say, hey, you know what, you know, maybe a coworker or someone in your, your family and just say, wow, you know, I was just this morning at the, at the Bible study, our service, Verse 3 just, just really stuck with me. We can be blessed by reading the book of Revelation. Look, listen to this and just go to someone and say, listen to this. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. And you can actually use the word and read it out loud to somebody. And I would say as we're studying through this, as you read through it, to, to pray over and say, Lord, is there a verse here or a few verses that I can read out loud to somebody else? That I, that I can share with someone, maybe bless somebody else with this? To read it out loud or to, to quote it out loud. Maybe commit it to memory and quote it to somebody. We can go to church, we can read our Bible, but unless we apply it, it's not going to be effective. We need to apply it. There's a blessing when we apply in general the Word of God. But when we read words, when we read this book, the book of Revelation, and we start applying these things, and we start it, uh, you know, we're, we are allowing it to be a part of our life, God says, I'm going to bless. There'll be a special blessing in your life when you apply these things. Not to be stubborn, not to, but to, you know, lovingly read the word. A great example is, you know, I was thinking about an example of it, like in the uh, chapter 22 where it says, blessed is he who, who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates, into the city, talking about the, uh, the, the new heaven and the new earth, the, the new Jerusalem. But it says, but outside are dogs and sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. So we would read that and we'd say, okay, Lord, do, is, there, is there an area there that, that I that I need to deal with? You know, am I a liar? Do I practice lies? Or is, is there sexual immorality in my life? Or do I have hatred in my heart where I'm murdering my brother because hatred's in my heart towards him? Or idolatry, am I putting things before you? So the, the practical would, would be when you read that out of uh, uh, Revelation tw- uh, 22, verses 14 and 15, you read it and say, okay, Lord, help me not to do those things. Deliver me from those areas, God, because your word says that, you know, I'm not going to go into the new heaven and new earth if I'm practicing this. That's applying it and then turning away from those things. 
Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to invite you, the K-Wave audience, to our third annual Easter drama play, Tragedy and Triumph. It's a free event, and we would love if you can come and join us. We have four performances beginning on Tuesday, March 22nd at 7 p.m., Thursday the 24th at 7 p.m., and Friday the 25th at 7 p.m. We also have an Easter performance on Easter Sunday at 12 noon. So we look forward to seeing you out here, and may God bless you as you rejoice this Easter season. God bless. have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.